Episode 26 is with Andrew McNeil. Lots of people call him Spider. He is equipment manager for the Charlton Islanders. I was able to sit down with him Sunday night and have a great chat about his 20 years so far in Charlton, his goals for the future, and much more. Morning, everybody. Lucas Salton here from the Hockey Thoughts Podcast. And today I'm proud to have on PI legend Andrew Spider McNeil. He is a equipment manager for the Charlton Islanders. Spider, how's it going? It's going great, man. How are you, Lucas? I'm doing good. Thank you. Getting into things, why did you want to become an equipment manager? Uh, I think it started like in the early 90s whenever uh, uh, Charlton was hopping with uh, the, the Charlton Eastling Center. Back then it was called the Civic Center. We had three teams yeah. playing out of that building. Uh, the UPI Panthers were playing there. The Charlton Abbeys were playing there. And also there's an AHL team here called the PI Senators. So... I was a young kid and I was basically living at the rink all day. I'd show up in the morning and I just, I'd watch all the, the pros practice. Mm-hmm. And I, that evening I'd be able to watch the Shelton Abbey's play. And after the games, I was finding myself sitting around waiting for players to leave and watching the equipment managers pack the buses, set up dressing rooms and stuff like that. And I think that's where it all really began. Um, I love the game of hockey. I really do. It's uh it's been in my blood right from uh, the beginning when I was born and um, I played hockey right up. And then once my hockey career was pretty much done with minor hockey and a little bit of minor junior action, um, I wanted to stay in the game and what better way not to do that by just doing uh, the equipment side of things. Now, why do you think you had so much success in your profession and what advice do you have for others trying to follow your path? Uh, I, it's, uh, I think the, 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 like the one part of with me is I don't even call this a job anymore. It's, it's just, I show up, I love being around the rink and I love being around the guys and I'm sure you can talk to every player that I've ever had. Like mm-hmm. I don't have too many bad days at the rink. I, uh, I really love being around the guys, like I said, in the dressing room and, um, and even once their, their junior careers are all done, I still have a very close, uh, friendship with a lot of these players um it's it's tough for, for some of those kids that are coming into 16 year olds and um they're coming to the island some of them aren't speaking any english and um it's almost like a father figure too right like you yeah. you were uh, you're there to give them advice and uh, if they want to talk so i enjoy that part of it and maybe that's why i do have success i don't i, I can't really tell you i i know i like i said i love the game i'm very uh, particular of dressing room setup and stuff like that mm-hmm. and equipment repairs and uh, I like I just love being prepared uh, it's what I do now you're talking on having like new players coming um a big face now for Washington Capitals Daniel Sprung how was your relationship with him in his time in Charlotte uh me and Daniel got along great um we really did. Uh, Daniel was a special player when he was here, obviously. And um, with when you have special players, it comes with ha- having some uh, some high demands and different things that normal players probably wouldn't have. Um, so uh, when Daniel arrived to the island, um, I started noticing right away that he was really particular with his sticks and his mm-hmm. his gloves. And we got to meet each other and talk and just see what he really needed and wanted. And as he grew as a as a an adult, uh, coming on his last couple of years with us, um, 
we got down to the it, it it came to a part where we were even ordering Daniel uh, special gloves. Uh, every team yeah. pretty much in the CHL has their own CHL pro glove, but Daniel we uh, he was finding like he want he he was all about the feel of the stick in his hands, and he had a great shot. And uh, certain palms of the glove were were um, a little too thick for him, so we had special palms made for him. And I was ordering him five or six pair of gloves a year. Uh, sticks. He went through so many different sticks and curves and flexes. He had a, like a 70 flex stick for a power play. He'd use like an 80 flex during the game. So uh, me and Daniel spent a lot of time together and we talked with lots of reps and uh, yeah, I'm glad he's doing great and what, what, uh, what, what he's become in the NHL. Now, didn't you tape his stick for most of the time? Is there? Uh, I, I don't, remember that being like a full time thing of doing that. I may have done it a few times, Um, but Daniel had spots like in the dress room and on the bench where he, uh, he wanted to keep his stick with a, with the blade facing up instead of, you see most guys have their stick in the hallway, their blades on the ground. Daniel never wanted to have his, uh, the white tape, get any uh, dirt on it or whatever. So he'd have the blade facing up. And if I actually funny story about that one time we were in Halifax and I was setting up, the the bench and uh i seen daniel's sticks on the bench and his blades were up like he always liked it fresh white paint job and uh there was a security guard came along and he as i was setting the bench up i seen the guy grab the stick and he started just looking at it and then he took the white part of the blade and put it on the the freshly mopped wet floor at the on the bench at the metro center and uh got the the tape all dirty and uh daniel come back out and seen the tape and uh it it didn't go over well he wanted to know right away who did it he thought one of the players were messing with him but uh, it was actually uh, one of the maintenance guys or security guys that just was interested in looking at his uh the hockey stick now when ordering equipment um obviously a lengthy process what's that like Mm. It, um, it, it usually starts like in the summertime, honest, um, uh, the summertime, like the, the hockey season, when it's over, that's usually when the equipment guys are, uh, and like any, like the coaching staff or they're, they're busy too. Right. But we, as equipment staff, we're preparing for the fall, uh, the following season and getting ready for training camp because training camp when that August comes around, uh, training camps right there. Right. So, um, it starts in like, I'd say early July, um, we start ordering like uh, the sticks of guys that we know that are going to be in our lineup or potentially mm-hmm. in our lineup or, or our first couple of round picks. Um, and saying that, like we we'd start ordering our um, the tape and all that. But even before the summer, um, like about I guess around December, uh, the equipment guys will start ordering from CCM their uh, apparel for the following season. So our jerseys mm-hmm. for next season. Uh, are already in, in, in the, in the process and they, uh, they're ordered and they should be arriving in July. And then when they arrive, uh, they're shipped out to have numbers and, um, somewhat a few of the players name bears will be sewn on right away when they come. Yeah. And when those, uh, when the teams are officially made in September, that's when I'll start sewing the rest of the name bears on. Now talking on like apparel, you design most of that. How do you design the pair for, for the team? Uh, yeah, I just started doing that in the last couple of years. Um, 
honest to God, Lucas, like what, what I, what I do most of the time is I go on uh, NHL websites and see what the new trend is in the NHL and yeah. what they're doing for designs and basically take that and, um, and just start rolling with there and then, then make little twinks in there if, if I have to. Uh, and saying that I really love your apparel, what you're doing and uh, hopefully being on this podcast, I'm going to get some multi swag. Yeah, for sure. And um, touching on that, like, do you have a favorite piece of apparel that you have designed for the team? Um, I take a little bit of pride in our, in our play every year is when we have the playoffs, we uh, will do uh, playoff hoodies or playoff t-shirts and um, we'll get the players to do a lot of it. But then, like I said, I'll, I'll mess around with a couple of things. And I think the, the one favorite hoodie that I have that we would have designed was the, the, the magical run we had back there when we played Blaineville in the, the playoffs. Our slogan was find a way. And uh, I still wear that hoodie uh, to, the, to this day. And uh, it's funny, you, you, we were talking about that. I was on YouTube last night and I was going back watching some highlights from that incredible series. Four years ago, you were on Sportsnet. They did a story on you. How is that having the crew around in Charlottetown and the story based on yourself? Oh man, that was, uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, when I got the call at first, I almost thought it was a joke. Like I was like, why do these, why, why does Sportsnet want to talk with me? Like there's so many other equipment guys or other people that have uh, factors in their, into their community that, that could have, they easily could have chosen other than me. Um, so when it was said and it was brought to my attention that they wanted to do an interview and a little story on me, it took me a couple of days just to sit back and be like, okay, let's do this. But, um, I, I sat and talked with my wife and, um, we were just like, yeah, let's run with this and do it. And, uh, it was great. They, uh, they came to PEI and they're in Charlottetown for almost a full week. And, uh, we got to meet a great crew and, um, uh, they came around Charlottetown, followed us. They even came to our house. Um, we invited them for supper and we just sat around and chatted and they got to meet my family, which was pretty neat. Uh, since we've had that, I think we had, we had the two, no, sorry. We had the three children at the time. And now we had to have a fourth, but, uh, they thought it was the houses. It was pretty uh, chaotic with the four or the three kids and, uh, running around the house. Now you must've felt like a celebrity. Uh, yeah, a bit, I guess. Like I, I remember we were, we were in Valdor a few weeks later and I was just on the bench, like for warm up, like I would normally do. And a, a few of the Valdor players came on and just saying, Hey, I know you, I've seen you before. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. I was getting a lot of, uh, people reaching out to me after just saying, uh, that, that they loved, uh, the, the show that they did. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. As it's no secret to anyone, you've been in Charlton for quite a long time and traveled all around the queue plenty of times. What's your favorite um, post-game meal? Favorite post-game meal? Um, it's pretty easy. Just like I like pizza, just something like that. Um, the, the pastas and the chicken, they can get old after uh, 20 seasons in yeah. the queue driving around and uh, – uh, yeah, so I'd say like an easy, just a, a, a good pizza. Well, thanks for coming on today, Spider. Ladies and gentlemen, that was man, the myth, the legend, the hockey face, equipment face of Prince Edward Island, Andrew Spider McNeil. Hey, let me tell you, next week is one year of hockey with Halsey, February 28th. Mark that down on your 
calendars. Keep an eye open on social media because a huge, huge giveaway to give back to my supporters is coming. Signing off now. Flexitude.